Psalm 55, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation because it just, it really grabbed me as to a number of different translations that I've read uh, over the, especially this past week. Psalm 55, verse 1, David says, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats, and they bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest, and the terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape, far from this wicked, wild storm of hatred. Confuse them, Lord, and frustrate their plans. For I see violence and conflict in the city. Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders. But the real danger is wickedness within the city. Everything is falling apart. Threats and cheating are rampant in the streets. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of God. Let death stalk my enemies. Let the grave swallow them alive. For evil makes its home within them. But I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night, I cry out in my distress. And the Lord hears my voice. He ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me. Though many still oppose me, God, who has ruled forever, will hear me and humble them. For my enemies refuse to change their ways, and they do not fear God. As for my companion, he betrayed his friends. He broke his promises. His words are as smooth as butter, but in his heart is war. His words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall, but you, O oh God, will send the wicked down to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will die young, but I am trusting you to save me. Let's pray. Lord, even as Janet opened in saying that here we're looking forward to a week of thanksgiving, but Lord, there are going to be a number of families where there will be someone that perhaps should be at the table that's not. Something happened. 
relationship is broken, torn, offense, maybe betrayal, maybe even hatred. And Lord, we just really want to be free from our end. Would you help us to step into a place of communion with you so that you can reach into our souls and heal every area of woundedness. So we give you praise and thanks today in this season of thanksgiving that you can even show us how to be able to pray for those who will be heart sore in this holiday season. So thank you, Lord. Speak through us this morning, I pray. as we look into your word together. Amen. Amen. David wrote this psalm as he fled Absalom, as recorded in 2 Samuel 15. And Janet read from this text last week as she was sharing Psalms 70 and 71. But David wrote these words in anguish as he poured out his heart in God, to God, uh, both in word and in song. And when he found out that his counselor, Achitophel, had also sided with his son Absalom, his fear and his anxiety soared. Just imagine your closest advisor, perhaps your best friend, and your son, your own son, turning against you. Not only that, planning to murder you. This was David's reality. Sounds like a nightmare. But nothing hurts more than a deep wound from a family member or a close friend. And the closer they are, the deeper the anguish. Verses 12 through 14 can be viewed as prophetic because they also describe Judas's betrayal of Jesus. Repeating verses 3 through 5, David writes, They bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. Friends, this is a man deeply shaken. David saw everything that he had worked for to accomplish being stolen and being totally destroyed. Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. David wanted out of that situation, and so would we. I would fly far away, David writes, to the quiet of the wilderness, how quickly I would escape far from this wild storm of hatred. I find it interesting that Jesus warned us about this type of severe 
difficult circumstances that will be taking place prior to his second coming. In Matthew 10, 22, Jesus said, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he or she who endures to the end shall be saved. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to prepare us now for events that will happen in the future, very probably. Absalom and Ahitophel turned on David. They betrayed him and they planned his murder. Matthew 24, 10, Jesus says, Many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. It's possible that we will experience that. Or our children, or our grandchildren will. And maybe some of you already have. There's a huge increase in the world today of offense, betrayal, and hatred. And it's global. It's not just in America. In Psalm 55, David poured out his heart to God from that place of being offended, of being betrayed, and being hated. Betrayal is devastating. When I experienced real betrayal, it took me over two years to overcome the hurt and to find a place of healing. Two years. Betrayal is such a deep wound that it is commonly followed by hatred and a desire for revenge. So how did David and how do we keep a pure heart in the face of devastating betrayal? How do we do that? Well, we find the answer in Psalm 55, verses 16 and 17. David writes, As for me, I will call on the Lord. I'll call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Hear this. Intentional Prayer throughout the day was David's response to the horrors he faced. Intentional prayer throughout the day. And that's the biblical pattern. Evening, all days start after the sun goes down. Evening, morning, and at noon. Throughout the day, intentional prayer. And what was the result? Look at verse 18. What a powerful result. The Lord has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. The Hebrew word there is shalom. Shalom was poured out into David's soul. Now what's in his soul? His mind, the way in which he thought, his emotions, devastated from betrayal, hatred, and offense, and his willpower to choose rightly all had God's blessing and God's shalom upon it. And shalom is such a powerful word. It means much more than just peace. Listen to the meaning of shalom. It means welfare. It means soundness. It means health and safety. Being at ease. Well-being. Security. 
being complete and comforted. Isn't that something that we need these days? David found God's shalom as he prayed evening and morning and at noon. Communion with God in prayer throughout the day is the key to the shalom of Christ in the midst of the storms that we go through. Intimacy with Jesus is our anchor and it's our hope. Well, as you know, our world today is vastly different than the one that we grew up in. Vastly. 50 years ago, most people respected the Holy Bible. Not anymore. In fact, Christians on American university campuses are being canceled, intimidated, and ridiculed because they believe the Bible is true. 1 John 3.13 says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you, because it hated me before it hated you. So don't be surprised that people end up hating us because we believe in the Bible or we believe in Jesus. The Lord is warning us prior to his coming, this is going to be common. And Jesus mentions betrayal in Luke 21, 16. He says, you will be betrayed, even by parents and brethren and relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. Though they may be friends or even family members, when faced with severe hardship, suffering, and possible torture and death, many will deny Jesus and turn against those who remain faithful. Jesus says it's going to happen. And it's not uncommon to hear this from believers in other countries who have suffered severe persecution. Many people have turned in family members and other believers to save themselves or to get revenge for the persecution that they've already endured. And even though Jesus warned us in advance concerning betrayal and hatred and offense, it is devastating when it actually happens. We may not have experienced severe persecution, but some of us here in this room have experienced betrayal and witnessed his power to tear people apart. Perhaps it was infidelity in marriage or a secret, a very precious secret that was shared with others by a trusted friend. Betrayal drives a sword into our hearts. It shocks our senses. And it causes chaos in our minds and in our emotions. This is why we need God's shalom. Betrayal causes chaos. Death is tragic, but betrayal is like a living death because the offender is still around. Much of the time, these relationships cannot be restored, fully restored. 
And even if there is some healing, there is very often permanent damage. And the loss can be felt for a lifetime. This question we must all consider this morning. Are we healed from past betrayals or offense or hatred so that we can stand through the possible worse situations that may occur in the future? If we are not taught how to deal properly with betrayal and hatred, we might become bitter and angry at God and with others when it actually happens. David likely wrote this psalm in light of the devastating betrayals, as mentioned earlier, from Absalom, his son, and Ahitophel, his most trusted counselor. I want you to turn to 2 Samuel, chapter 15. This is a verse that Janet referred to last week. Just to read and get a little bit about Ahitophel. Verse 12, 2 Samuel 15, verse 12. And while Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahitophel the Gilohite, David's counselor from his city, Gilo. And the conspiracy grew strong, and the people with Absalom kept increasing. So Ahitophel's wisdom made him famous all throughout Israel. And David recognized his giftedness. So what did he do? He appointed him as one of his chief advisors because he had that wisdom. However, in time, his loyalty to David shifted and ended up going to the rebellious son of David, Absalom. So Ahitophel not only then betrayed David in siding with Absalom, he's the one that gave Absalom the plan of how to kill David. Wow. Well, I've just thought, what happened to this guy? What happened to this man that made him so radically changed in his relationship with David? The king. Well, 2 Samuel 23, 34 tells us that Ahitophel had a son. And his son was named Eliam. And Eliam was one of David's mighty men. And in 2 Samuel 11, verse 3, we read that Eliam, the son of Ahitophel, had a daughter. And her name was Bathsheba. Hmm. Ahitophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. David impregnated his granddaughter. How do you think Ahitophel felt? How many grandparents do we have in here? Yeah, most. How do you think he felt? David committed adultery with his granddaughter, had her righteous husband killed, and soon afterward, Ahitovo's great-grandchild died because of David's sin. 
Achitofel's name is made up of two Hebrew words. Achi, which means my brother. And Tafel, which means foolish. So you put the two together, Achitofel, my brother is foolish. This man lived up to his name. Except rather than his brother being foolish, he himself became that. He went from wisdom, wisdom of God, to foolishness when he allowed his offense toward David to progress to a place of betrayal and hatred. And eventually, Achitovo, the wisest man in all Israel, he hung himself in suicide. You can't get more foolish than that. Friends, offense today is as deadly as it was then. And Achitofel took up an offense for something that didn't happen to him. It happened to someone else. It happened to his granddaughter, and he took up offense for something that didn't happen to him. That's called second-hand offense. Didn't happen to you, but you took up an offense of what happened to someone else. Now, obviously, Achitofel never worked through that prayer and that offense through prayer with God. He never forgave. You can see the fruit of it. Instead, he wanted to murder. And he probably never confronted David or initiated conversations that could have resulted in repentance, asking forgiveness and restoration of the relationship. And you know, too often, we're guilty of the same thing. We take up an offense, someone offends us, or we even have second-hand offense. We're offended by something that happened to someone that's precious to us. And we refuse to forgive. We hold that in our hearts. Why do we do that? Because we don't like to confront. None of us do. So we allow the damaged relationship to stay damaged and then for bitterness to start to fester. And as believers, we are to forgive even if we never receive an apology or an explanation or restitution. Isaiah 38, 17 says, Indeed, it was for my own peace, for my own shalom, that I had great bitterness. Because God brought him through on the other side. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. You have cast all my sins behind your back. Look at what God does. God puts our sins behind his back where he cannot see them. God's forgiveness delivers our soul, our mind, our emotions, our willpower from the pit of corruption. And he chooses to not look at our sins again. Wow, what a God. What an example. We need to do just what God does. We need to forgive sins and offenses 
and put them behind us where we cannot easily see them. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice of our will. We need forgiveness by faith, and we extend it by faith, choosing to let go of the past. We forgive with the Holy Spirit's help, and we may not feel like forgiving at the point we decide to do it, but the positive feelings will come later as we continue praying for and then taking another step forward, blessing the offender. In my own personal life, I found that that's the double key to healing. I choose to forgive that person. I've chosen that a number of times, and not only do I choose to forgive, I choose to bless on top of the forgiveness. I choose to forgive, I choose to bless. I choose to forgive, I choose to bless. I tell you, the more we do that, the enemy will not be that quick to bring that situation and that person to mind. Because the end result is they end up getting blessed and forgiven again. Hmm. In Psalm 55, David went from heartbreak to heart cry, to the peace, to the shalom of God filling his soul. David showed us the pathway to freedom from the bondage of offense, of betrayal, and of hatred. Let's pray. Lord, even some of us here today, uh, as I shared this, I, I just felt this was touching deeply. Some haven't wanted to deal with the offense or maybe betrayal or hatred. But God, you're wanting to surface it. You're wanting us to be free. You want us to be able to be so thankful that you made a way for freedom. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Then do not be yoked to slavery all over again. And offenses do that. Betrayals do that. Hatred does that. And Lord, we just pray you'd come to our rescue this morning. I pray we wouldn't get away with keeping an offense or a betrayal or a secondhand offense still in our hearts. Lord, this morning we choose, we choose to forgive those who have offended us. We choose to forgive those that have betrayed us. And not only do we choose to forgive, we choose to bless. Bless their lives. Bless their family. Bless their home. Bless their business. Bless all the works of their hands. May their life be a blessing to you. Lord, we choose to appropriate your peace, your shalom to our hearts. God, we're in need of that today.
We need your peace, Lord, to cover our lives and to cancel every debt. So, Lord, would you please forgive us, O God, for hanging on to debts, to situations that we just haven't let go of, that you already paid the penalty for. Father, we just so need, we so need your shalom. We need your welfare, your soundness, your health. We need safety with you. We need to feel at ease and that we're in a place of well-being and security and complete and comforted. That's your shalom. So if this speaks to your heart, I, I just ask you to just put both your hands right over your heart right now. Lord, I, I want you to heal my wounded heart this morning. I want you to reach deeply into my soul. The way in which I've had thoughts, feelings. Every time that situation or person has come, I've had negative thoughts. Lord, deliver me from evil, I pray today. Deliver me from evil, Lord. I choose to forgive. I choose to bless. I pray that this day forward would be a day of freedom for me so that I could even stand in the gap on behalf of those that I recognize that have broken relationships, that have been offended, that have been betrayed, that have been hated, that in a place of freedom and security and well-being, because of having forgiven ourselves and extended forgiveness to offenders, and blessing to them as well. We have found a place to now be ministers of reconciliation to others. And Lord, that's a great thing to be thankful for in this season. Bless your name. What a wonderful God we serve. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You provided a way of escape. You you provided the place for us to fly away to a place of rest. That place is in God. It's not in a physical territory that's out of state or out of country. It's a place in God. And Lord, we choose that place today. We choose that intimacy with you. And Lord, if we're reminded about this situation this afternoon, we want to pray then too. Extend that forgiveness, confess it, and then pray blessing upon it. Lord, whenever that thought comes, we choose the path of forgiveness and blessing because that's a path of freedom. It's a path of freedom. So grant this, I pray, Father, to the glory and the majesty of the name of Jesus that's written in our hearts and lives. That nature, that authority, that power to forgive, to let go, to bless, and to move on. Thank you for this grace you're bestowing upon us today. Amen. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. Praise the Lord, I turn 76. Yeah.
Oh, I better get this off. I didn't want that to be when out. When is that? It's uh, next Monday. Next Monday. The 28th.